Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Radio Red in the house, so happy to be here. Is it really already September 18th? For those of you who celebrate the Jewish New Year like I do, happy Rosh Hashanah, Lashana Tova, a sweet and happy, healthy, huggier, happier, laughier, healthier, more wonderful New Year to all of you. And I will be on next Monday night at the end of the day of fasting Yom Kippur. Yes, I will not eat until we go on the radio. It will be fine. 25 hours is what I do, and it will happen. There you go. The show must go on. I want my three beautiful guests to help me join and say hello to somebody special. Ladies, I didn't rehearse this with you, but I want you to make the shape of the letter L with your fingers, Anna Maria, Anna Maria, and Cheryl, and Christine. And on the count of three, you're going to join me in saying hello, L, L, L. Here we go. One, two, three. Hello, L. L, L. Jordan, I'm talking to my engineer now. Jordan, I think that was the best ever. Every week, it's not a competition, but that was really good, ladies. LLL is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, who lives in Whitestone, New York. I've known her since we were both taking dance classes at a at a place in Queens, New York, and we became friends. And even though I've moved twice since I left New York, she listens every Monday night to the show. And I'm warning the three of you, Cheryl and Christine and Anne Maria, at 8.01 p.m., I will receive an email from LLL. And she will say, I love listening to Cheryl, Cheryl Payton. I'll say your full name now. And she'll tell me a little a synopsis of what you said on the show, Cheryl. She'll do the same for Christine McDonald and the same for Anne Maria Hester, MD. She will do that. So she's not like a reporter. She's just somebody who absorbs all the content of the show and really appreciates it. And she is the third in line of people who've been doing that as my friends and family for many, many years. So I've been telling everybody that LLL doesn't live in a place that starts with L, because lovely, lanky Laura Legs, my most loyal listener, she lives in Whitestone. That's a W. So I was looking, Cheryl will appreciate this. I was looking all over the United States because we didn't have money to move her too far away. She wanted London, but it was too hot last summer. So I looked everywhere and I thought, should we move her to a place that starts with L in California or Lexington, Kentucky or something? Cheryl, Cheryl knows I live in Loudoun, Tennessee. And all of a sudden it dawned on me, damn, (laughs) let's just move Laura down here. So that was what we decided. She isn't here yet, but I'll tell you. So she listens every Monday night and we're happy to have her as our most loyal listener. September 18th, it's the 261st day of 2023. And I want to tell you all that we're still observing the Gregorian calendar and Gregorian was Pope Gregory something, I think the 13th. And he said to his mom and anybody would listen, I don't like the Julian calendar. I don't know his real accent. He said, I don't like the leap years, the leap days. I'm going to change it. So somewhere around 1563, he said, we're going to add a year. We're going to add a day every 400 years. We're going to do. And then the Gregorian calendar was born. So I like to think of him as an early creative. So whether his mom called him Greg, Gregory, Grego, you know, even popes have mothers somewhere, right, Cheryl, right, Anne Maria, right, Christine? She <laughs> must have so. said she was very proud of him because we're still using his calendar. We have 104 days remaining to the year. It's the 38th Monday, and nobody cares about that except me. I will tell you, ladies, that with 104 days remaining, it's going to be a heck of a New Year's celebration when we welcome 2024, right? We, four, 
are among the millions, thank goodness, who made it through the tunnel of, you know what, what's been irking the world and giving the world a hard time the past couple of years. So every new year is even more joyful. So I'm going to take a guess and say, Cheryl, if you are planning on uh, having homemade Kahlua and you have a special sink in the garage, you're going to blend it in, start soon because the flavors have to go together. It takes a while, only 104 days. Christine, I'm guessing, I don't know where you come from, but I'm guessing there might have been somebody in your family background with a still. They were making bootleg whiskey somewhere in the back. And you can get that still out and you can start your own whiskey and it's not bootleg anymore, but it's going to take a while. And Maria, you look like with that gorgeous red dress. I'm guessing you might be the type who would go to an online, shall we say, beverage store and buy something bubbly, whether it's a bubbly with alcohol or a bubbly without alcohol. Well, the shelves are going to be cleared very soon. People are going to be making a run for it for something special for that New Year's celebration. So Anne-Maria, you 104 days left. That's it, my warning, ladies. So let me tell all of you. Let's see, what what part of the, uh, do I even have it? Oh, is anybody here a Virgo? Anybody here born in this sign? No? Anne-Maria, what about you? The others are shaking their heads. No? I'm a St. Patrick's Day baby. Okay. Well, I'm coming up soon with Libra, but we're not quite there yet. We, oh, the end of this week, we go into Libra. But Virgo is the sixth sign of the Zodiac, a maiden carrying a sheaf of wheat. Well, maybe we all were one once. Let me just read you a quick profile and see if you want to be an honorary Virgo today. So Cheryl, Christine, and Anne-Maria, listen up. Uh, Are you humble? Just wave a, a nice finger at me. Wiggle a finger if you're humble. Are you practical? Well, Cheryl, Cheryl, I think it's, oh, no, Christine's not. Okay, you might not make it then. Hardworking, quick thinker, perfectionist at heart. Any of those resonating with you? Do you deal with information like a computer transforming even the most jumbled sets of data into organized, clear concepts in your mind? No, uh, no I do. I, well, I'm a Libra. That's close enough. And are you supportive as a friend and a lover? Not to get too personal. Yes? Okay. Well, ladies, you could sort of kind of maybe be honorary Virgos. Virgos are teachers, healers, editors, and musicians in any order I don't know, but you're in good company if you want to be because they include Adam Sandler, Beyonce, Keanu Reeves, Gloria Estefan, Idris Elba, who had a birthday two weeks ago, Be Still My Heart, Wish I Was There, Pink, Cameron Diaz, Tyler Perry, Amy Poehler, Gene Smart, Melissa McCarthy, Jennifer Coolidge, and Taraji P. Henson, and Shania Twain, so many more, and Jennifer Hudson. So there, you're in good company. So let me introduce briefly my three guests. Ladies, when I call your name, just wave hello, and then we will go to a full bio. The order today will be first Cheryl, then Christine, and then Anne-Maria. I love you all. No particular order. Somebody had to be first, second, and third. Cheryl Payton. I met Cheryl. She's here in this area, and she is the president of the uh, Authors Guild of Tennessee, the AGT, and I met Cheryl a couple of months ago, and she was on my off-air version of this show, and we have become friends. I read one of her books, and uh, Cheryl has promoted Read My Lips to her membership, and I've had 18, almost 20 of your members have been on on the show, the off-air mm-hmm. version, and several of them are coming on the live show as well, Cheryl, just like you are tonight. So Cheryl has authored only 12 books, not busy at all, including the thriller Six Minutes to Midnight. I love the title. She has a seven-book mystery series a la Agatha Christie. She's a painter. She does absolutely gorgeous oil paintings, but I don't think she did the one behind her on the show right now. And uh, she, as I mentioned, she's the president of the Authors Guild of Tennessee. Cheryl, just absolutely delighted to have you here tonight. Thank you so much. And you'll be giving a full bio in about three minutes. And then we have Christine McDonald. Wave hello, Christine. She wrote her memoir, Face Value, 
From Working the Pole to Bearing My Soul. I love poetry in a title, Christine. Uh, she wants to help young women conquer issues of self-esteem, and we know the world is full of plenty of those issues and plenty of women struggling with those issues. We think about the Dove campaign and all of the You Are Beautiful. Yes, and that's how I feel about all my guests. And she wants them to embrace what they consider their flaws. And she's going to tell us a little bit about that and what poll she's referencing. It's not the Maypole kids. We'll get to it. There you go. And then we have Anne Maria Hester, MD. Anne Maria, welcome. She's a board certified internist. And she wrote a very interesting book, not fiction at all, Patient Empowerment 101. More than a book, it's an adventure. That's the title. That's the whole title. That's a long title. I want to see that in a business card. And she created something called patientworld.net, which is an on-demand health and wellness course platform for everyone. So, Anne Maria, thank you. And I met Anne Maria and Christine at the National Publicity Summit, and I said I met Cheryl locally. So, ladies, it's time. Cheryl, I'm putting you on speaker view. I know your, your audio is a little bit low, so we want you to really belt it out. Don't hurt yourself, but belt it out. Tell everybody all about yourself. Cheryl, three minutes. Welcome. Um, can you hear me? Yes, just belt it out louder. You're still muted, but keep going. Keep going. Louder, louder. I'll try my best. Uh, I would say I should be qualified to be on a show uh, discussing creativity because I feel that I was raised to be creative. My mother was uh, a managing editor of a publishing house. She had a degree in journalism from Northwestern University. My father was an artist. He came down from uh, Iron Mountain, Michigan to Chicago, and uh, his first job was uh, doing the uh, illustrations of a dictionary till he got into commercial art and did television commercials. Uh, he had the Pillsbury and Kellogg's account for two. And uh, my brother then also was an artist. And so I followed my father first and majored in art in college and then I sort of branched out after that. Um, I went into interior design and then I got a paralegal degree. And so uh, I didn't start writing until retirement when I got to Teleco Village, which is this lake golf community that where, um, uh, where, where, where we live. And um, I became familiar with the Y-12 which was part of the Manhattan Project in World War II and learned that they're still having upgrading nuclear weapons, which I was unaware of before. They were still in operation and um, met a, a nuclear weapons courier who became a friend. And um, I, I got the idea to write Six Minutes to Midnight, which was the setting of the doomsday clock at the time. A lot closer now, I'm afraid to say. And so I, I wrote it, and I, I was interested in how the story was going to turn out myself. So <laughs> I, I had to finish it, and, uh, I, and I enjoyed it. And so after that, I, nothing stopped me. I just seemed to keep writing. So there I am now with 10 books. And speaking of creativity, I just want to mention one more thing. Uh, the lady behind me, you might recognize the Mona Lisa. That's my latest creativity. I painted the Mona Lisa. 
You uh, did. I didn't mean to, to say anything. I said, well, we know she didn't do the one because when you were on my other show, Cheryl, you had a beautiful floor. You fooled me, lady. Really? And what what inspired you to do that? It looks pretty good to me. It's not bad. Oh, we went to the Biltmore, oh, about three weeks ago. They mm-hmm. had a Renaissance exhibit in their event center. And I was just captivated. What they, they had digitized it, you know, on these huge walls in this event center. So like the Last Supper, Da Vinci's Last Supper, you know, Christ is picking up the wine, you know, there's movement. And it seems so crazy. And I thought, you know, even Renaissance art can still get new expressions of creativity uh, i thought well i'm going to do my own <laughs> i'm going to do a renaissance painting and i'm going to see if it looks like a renaissance painting and there it is i think it does you fooled me christine did she fool you and Anne maria yeah oh, I very well done and rumor has it that uh cheryl is very popular in this area not just because she's the president of the the authors guild but that she does a great job coming in and saying oh i think that wall should be blue i think that wall should be beige and painting people's houses and i want to get on your waiting list cheryl because i'm ready for a makeover i've been here one year on the 30th of september and today's the 18th so I, I want to talk to you. So thank you, Cheryl, very much. Uh, just, uh, Jordan is asking if you have a headset plugged in. Do you have a head? You don't have a headset plugged in. Nope. We're still trying to get your audio up a little bit higher, but you're fine. We can hear you. It's just a little bit low. But thank you, Cheryl. I'm so happy to have you here. Let's go around the table. Christine McDonald, I'm putting you on speaker view. Three minutes. Tell us all about yourself. I want to know where is, where is that poll? Go ahead. What a toe back to follow. I mean, you know, 12 books painted the Mona Lisa. I mean, <laughs> come on. This is crazy. I am so, first of all, thank you for having me on this podcast. I am so thrilled to be here. And of course, among creatives, this is my, this is my home. These are, you're my people. So just to be around that energy of people who create really uh, is inspiring. It is very inspiring. And my story could not be more opposite, which is why I love this diversity of this panel. Um, I grew up in Honolulu, Hawaii, and uh, because of a horrific skin disease on my face, I've since had nine surgeries, but if you look closely, you can still see the scars. Um, And because of that, I had zero self-esteem starting at age 13, and this is back in the 80s, so there were no magic of lasers. I just had to sort of um, have really archaic surgeries. I won't go into detail about that. Um, It's all listed on my website. Um, I have this catchphrase, poll2soul.com. And in the poll I'm speaking of is the exotic dancing poll. And it makes sense if you read my book. Uh, I wrote a memoir in um, March and it's doing very well. And it all, it talks about from working the poll to bearing my soul. It talks about my why. So you can understand if I have zero self-esteem, how I could stumble on a stage where people give me money for how I looked. So that's how I found my beauty. And I ended up, this is the 80s. So I went down a rabbit hole full of debauchery. And my book is about my why, but it's also about my how. How did I get out of it? Um, But I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on this room full of creatives and just really um, get to know you and and, uh, get inspired by you. So thanks for having me. You're very kind. I want to know a little bit more 
I, I think we all, I, I haven't met a pole dancer. I think I've had one or two exotic dancers on some of my shows over the years. I'd like to know, you already mentioned people paid you for how you looked and how you, how you danced, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you leave that life? May I ask that question? Did you leave that life to do something else? Can you give us the, the postscript to that? Yeah, yes. I think Cheryl wants to know. I can see she's saying, <laughs> what happened next? And Anne Marie said, yeah, I want to know too. Go ahead, Christine, a little bit well, more. I, you have my full permission, by the way, to laugh at the 1980s photos because I started in 1987. So you can imagine the Motley Crue, the Aerosmith, the John Bon Jovi hair, um, the neon bikinis. I was 19 when I started and I was 28 when I stopped. And the reason why is because I didn't want to be a grandmother on the pole. I had to figure out my next move. I did not want to um, stop that life and not have any uh, plan. So I did end that life. I ended up parlaying my sales experience because I got to say, <laughs> tripping is the ultimate sales job. You're selling a fantasy. Right. So I parlay that into a sales experience. And ever since then, I've just kind of hustled my way through where I am now. I work in corporate America. I've never been happier. Do, do people know about your past? The people in my circle of trust and the employer that I have, I have the, uh, I, I won the lottery when it comes to employers and my boss is very well aware. Um, she understands that my story is about um, you know, redemption, how you can make something of your life when you feel like the cards are against you. And basically, you know, what shot did this kid have? If, you know, you go into the trauma, there's always a reason we choose that life. So I am no exception to that rule, but, uh, it's a very uplifting story about, you know, it's a success story. And there are many of us out there, believe it or not, if you're at the water cooler in the office and someone's talking about a bachelor party, you might be around someone who's worked them, like me. Oh, okay. Interesting. I have one more question. You mentioned in your bio, you said that your memoir helps young women with self-esteem issues dealing with what they consider their flaws. Just give us a couple sentences on, on how you would dress that for, for young women. Go ahead, yes. Christine. Uh, well, after the nine surgeries, I finally realized, and we're talking when lasers were invented, I had my face grinded, sanded, cut open, you name it, I've had it done. But the bottom line is I will always have these scars. Sure, they may be softened, but these are part of who I am. So I have always considered my scars this um, something to hold me back. Like it's part of my flaw. And now my, my catchphrase, if you will, is your flaws are your flavor. It's what makes you who you are. So instead of pretending it doesn't exist, sure, you can want to improve on them. But the moment that you embrace these flaws, and I want especially young women out there in this day and age with filters, you know, just don't forget who you are, what makes you you. If you have a larger nose or longer ears or whatever it is, everybody's got their thing. The moment you embrace your flaws is the moment that you own your self-worth. So Thank that's you. What talking about. And that's very well put. I did stand up comedy for a few years long ago, far away in New York City and on Long Island. And I remember one of the rules of comedy was if you have a distinctive, distinguishing something, yes. a nose, a neck, a, a limp, anything that distinguishes you from what people considered the norm, which we know mm-hmm. is blasted wide open today, address it. 
come yeah. out on the stage and say, yeah, my nose had its own zip code before I walked in the room. Nice to meet you. It's hard to get mail these days. Something I'm making this up. And that way you disarm, you disable. Exactly. It's like it's like in sales, you always address the uh, the uh, objections in yes. a sales talk. So thank yes. you very much for bringing that up. And Maria Hester, I'm so happy to have you here. Also met you at the summit. Why don't you tell us all about yourself and your creativity? Go ahead. I'm having a ball here, you ladies. This is great. <laughs> So uh, my name is Anne Maria Hester, and I am a physician on a mission to help people thrive and not just survive. I have seen so much trauma and drama in decades of practicing medicine, and there's just so much more out there. People don't have to go through all the craziness that they go through. It's just we've had a very paternalistic healthcare system. And a few decades ago, about 20 years or so ago, I decided, you know, I need to help people get outside of the shell. It's not that the doctor says you do this and you said, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. Patients, they need the tools so they can move forward and they can do more. And so I wrote a book a couple of decades ago. It was called Your Family Medical Record, an Interactive Guide to Getting the Best Care. And John Wiley and Son published it. And I was so ecstatic. But I didn't have a lot of sales because people did not think that they had to be involved. They said, well, my doctor tells me what to do. Why do I need to be empowered? Why do I need to know my own record records? Why do I need anything? The doctor is in charge. Fast forward 20 years later, a little bit more. I did another talk about those concepts. And the talk was accepted so well. I said, you know, maybe they're ready now. So I put together some of the best pieces of that book and another 20 years of medical experience. And in a few months, I wrote Patient Empowerment 101, More Than a Book is an Adventure. And I want to get a little bit creative with this. Anybody can read a book. But once you get the book, there are URLs, there are web pages within the book. You go there and you can watch videos I created. You can download forms and fill them out on your computer. You can save them. You can email. Um, all sorts of things you can do because I wanted people to have an experience other than opening a book. How many books are out there? No telling. But this is life. This is delving in, jumping in headfirst into something that can impact the rest of your life. So we're going to make it a little bit different. So that is part of my creativity. I think it's wonderful. And and I have a, another show, you know, under another name called Technology Revolution, the Future of Now. And I've been doing a series on artificial intelligence this year, the future of blank something and AI. Every week it's a different industry. manufacturing, it's drones, it's novelists. Cheryl, that would be interesting to you. It's visual art, it's um, music composing, it's uh, edge computing, internet of things, all kinds of things, empathy, creativity, business innovation. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking of what you're describing, Anne-Maria, as the new style of book. It's interactive. It gives yes. you an involvement, right? Cheryl's nodding and Christine's nodding. It, these books are meant to be come in and do something. Take some action. If you want to, it's there. Let me make it easy for you. Not just, okay, go to my website and start clicking. It's in the book. So I want to say that's very, very interesting for me that you brought this up, Anne-Maria, and that you are following the new trend of books that basically let you say something and talk back to you without without a little voice box in them. Very, very okay. interesting. Uh, no, that's yes, you're, you're very welcome. Did you self publish this book? I'm curious. 
I did. I self-published mm -hmm. it in Amazon, Amazon, and now it's available Barnes and Noble, Ingram, and so forth. And then I thought I'd take it a step further, like, well, everybody has books. So I created patientworld.net. And mm -hmm. I have a variety of doctors and other people who they explain things to people, everything from heart disease, nutrition, all sorts of things in a very fun and engaging way. And that's engaging as well, because you can be watching Chef Dr. Mike talk about coronary disease, and all of a sudden, this question comes up, and this video stops. You've got to answer the question to keep going. Mm. And so people don't want to just sit and watch. They want to be engaged. They want to be part of it. Yes. Thank you. So I'm always trying to reinvent this. Very well put. And you're, you're tapping into a need in the market in general is that we want to be part of something. We don't want to be preached to. We don't want to be lectured. We want to have some, I think the word is agency, right? We want to have agency in how we handle our lives. Too many stories to talk about doctor's offices. I'm not going to go there. I have doctors in my family, so i got to be very careful. Anne-Maria, thank you very much. And thank you to Anne-Maria and Christine for pitching me at the Publicity Summit. Uh, it's always a trip and a half. Cheryl, I went into 17 different breakout rooms and was introduced to two, three, or four people with a monitor with a stopwatch that stopped at exactly two minutes. In that two minutes, I'm writing down Christine McDonald, and I'm writing down From Pole to Soul, and I'm writing down what she's done and what her career is, and the the, the surgeries and the facial and the this and the flaws and then I'm saying they say okay it's two minutes I say okay Christine do you want to be on my show yes Christine are you available on September 18th yes Christine phone number and email it's in my one sheet I don't care give it to me now phone number and I'm typing typing oh, thank you and then they introduce me to the next person that's what it's like and I came away with 38 guests from that wow. four hour experience at the summit. And there's another one coming up at the end of November. So I'm uh, speed booking. That's what it's same thing with Anne Maria. Thank you, ladies. Very, very interesting. Let's move on to the quotes. You've each sent me a fictional quote from a character in a movie or a TV show or a song lyric. And uh, we're going to find out what that has to do with your creativity. Cheryl, I want you to yell from the top of your lungs because we want to hear this. Cheryl sent an interesting quote from the song My Back Pages by Bob Dylan. Back in 1964, he didn't perform it live until 1988. So if you do the math, that's 24 years later. It was on his album, Another Side of Bob Dylan. It was similar to his early protest songs, his voice and his acoustic guitar. And the line Cheryl has picked is, listen up, ladies, this is a, a little bit of a conundrum. I was so much older then. I'm younger than that now. Cheryl, blast it out. Tell us what this means for your creativity. I love the line. Go ahead. Cheryl, you're completely muted for some reason. We're getting okay. no. Can you hear me now? Yes. Lean right in. Just talk okay. right wherever your microphone is. Find it and just go for it. Go ahead. Okay. I'm, I'm speaking now. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Louder, louder, louder. Get, yell it out for me. All right. What are we talking about? Oh, yes. Bob Dylan. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, it's a provocative statement. Um, it, it, uh, it sounds obviously like a, a contradiction that you were older then and younger now. And to me, how it relates to creativity is that we are, creativity has changed. It has been in my life. Uh, I've been in different fields of endeavor, professional, uh, fields. Um, I have grown as we all have. And I see that as part of the creative process. So what Bob Dylan is saying, he's making a political statement, but I'm drawing it out. He's saying 
he had all the answers then, and now he realizes he doesn't. And the same with creativity. You might think you're good at something and you'll find something else maybe you're better at. So I was painting and then I discovered writing. And and now I'm back to paint, <laughs> painting something from 1503. You know, it's 820 years old and it's new again. So that's that's what I'm saying is that creativity is change and growth. And Bob Dylan knew talked about that in his song. And I think I've been listening to other lyrics, like Billy Joel has is a great lyricist. And, you know, like his song, Piano Man, where he, he talks about it's nine o'clock on a Saturday, the regular crowd shuffles in and so on. And this guy said, uh, could, you, could you play me a memory? I don't know how it goes. I used to know it complete, but that was when I wore a younger man's clothes which is such a different way of saying age, you know? So, um, so lyrics are, song lyrics are, are very interesting anyway. Uh, um, it's worth anything. They're the soundtrack to our lives, aren't they, Cheryl? Yeah. Song lyrics. Very well done. I'm glad you brought up the Billy Joel one as well. Yeah, I like the, I know that uh, Dylan's lyric was political, but I like the way you did it. And you said, creativity is change and growth. I've had a lot of guests help to craft definitions of creativity on the show one woman many many months ago called she she captioned it courageous creativity people have called it curiosity curious creativity today because of the three of you i'm calling it the show title i have to come up with a different title every conscientious creativity because of the values the three of you represent i hope you, you appreciate that i had to come up with something and i thought you know that's that's reflecting of, of who the three of you are but Creativity is change and growth. That's beautiful, Cheryl. Thank you. I like that. I like that a lot. We're wondering if there's a system setting somewhere on your computer that's, that's we are hearing you now pretty good. So I'm not sure, I, I, I don't want to belabor it, but we're hearing you. You look fabulous. We just wish you were a little bit louder. That's all. I apologize for not wearing red. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> was not a requirement i never required but you know what you made up for it with the surprise portrait of mona lisa in the background shock and amazement you didn't have to wear red it's okay let me go to the quote christine mcdonald has picked this is an interesting one the song is ghost story 1999 song by sting from the album brand new day uh, and let me quote an article from 2009 in the Daily Mail. Sting has claimed he once confronted a ghost that wandered into his bedroom at the dead of night. The singer who sang Spirits in the Material World in the 1980s said his wife, Trudy Styler, also saw the ghost standing with a child in the corner. Sting also experienced flying objects. I'm thinking of Elon. Flying objects and mysterious voices in one of his homes. And by the way, Sting uh, was named for his black and yellow jumper, they called it, with hoop stripes when he was performing with the Phoenix Jasmine. His real name is Gordon Matthew Thomas Sumner CBE, born in 1951. He's a baby. Uh, anyway, he never changed his name to Sting. It's still officially Gordon, but he doesn't answer to Gordon. So here's the beautiful line Christine has selected. The moon's a fingernail and slowly sinking. Another day begins and now I'm thinking that this difference was my invention. Ooh, I got chills. Christine, talk to me. How'd you find this one? <laughs> Beautiful. Cheryl, you like that one? When everything I've done sought your attention, it is one of the most uh, 
oh gosh, what is the word? It, it affected me, his lyrics. First of all, I agree wholeheartedly that lyrics are poetry. And a big shout out to Bob Dylan and Billy Joel. They really broke ground for the artists that followed them. And I believe Sting to be one of the greatest songwriters of all time. And I had the luxury of meeting him in the <sighs> 80s one night. It was after work. I had just come from his uh, concert the night before. And then I worked and I was with a girlfriend who I was working with, beautiful blonde. We're sitting at a nightclub and this whole section was roped off VIP. And of course, in my um, snobby mind, I thought, well, I'm just going to sit here until Sting shows up because I never had any idea that he was going to show up. And of course they said, oh, sure. You can sit there until he shows up. Well, he shows up and my girlfriend, he was interested because <laughs> she was this beautiful blonde. And so that was my end to meet him. I, I saw him checking her out. And I said, do you want to meet her? And he said, of course I do. So that was my end. And just, just a little side note there. But Sting has always been one of my go-tos. Whenever I feel like I'm in a creative rut where I am blocked and I, and I know that um, I'm behind a deadline with writing, music and lyrics and writing, they all amalgamate for me. So all I need to do is put my writing down pick up a book, Augustin Burroughs is my go-to, and listen to some amazing lyrics. And that's where that came from, because that is one of my most favorite songs. Lovely. That's why I like getting creative quotes from my guests. And I'll just tell you all that on this show and on my, my technology shows, I used to say, you can quote anybody. Well, I can't tell you how many times people quoted, well, you know the list, Einstein, Churchill, um, <laughs> Mark, Mark Twain, Maya Angelou, Gandhi, okay, JFK, and it went on and on and on. And after a while, I could just eat, sleep, and breathe those quotes. So about two years ago, I said, we got to change this up. We need something more interesting, fun for the guests. Even in my business shows, if we're talking about the future of manufacturing and AI, I have them send me a movie or TV fictional character quote and or a song lyric and the favorites are things like from back to the future where doc brown says where we're going roads where we're going we won't need roads that's about the future of anything right and then another sh quote wonderful people love is jack nicholson and a few good men you can't handle the truth yeah. and then another one of course from jerry Maguire, show me the money and dorothy says you had me at hello. Those work really well with business topics, believe it or not. So I've, I've raised the bar. That's my creativity. Let's go to Anne Maria. Your quote is from Happy Talk, sung by Bloody Mary. And the singer was Muriel Smith, who was uncredited for the character played by Juanita Hall in the movie, in case anybody is thinking, what? South Pacific 1958 American romantic musical film based on the 1949 Rodgers and Hammerstein musical South Pacific, loosely based on James A. Michener's 1947, boy, are we going back in time, 1947 short story collection, Tales of the South Pacific, set in 1943 during World War II on an island in the South Pacific. And happy talk, the line you've picked is, you've got to have a dream. If you don't have a dream, how are you going to have a dream come true? Well, that's interesting. And Maria, tell us how you picked this one. You really dug into the archives. Go ahead. First of all, you taught me so much about that song. <laughs> I'm a Rodgers and Hammerstein fanatic, all sorts of Rodgers and Hammerstein shows. 
My mother raised us on that. And I had no idea all the stuff that you told me. But I always remember that because Bloody Mary said, you know, if you don't have a dream, how are you going to have a dream come true? So decades ago, about 25 years or so ago, I had a dream that I was going to help people understand how to become empowered in their healthcare, how to break down the barriers and get past the doctor, patient, me, doctor, you, patient sort of thing. And the first time I didn't do well, that first book, it was always a part of me. It never left me. And so I did a variety of things over time, online articles and other things. And then I picked it back up and I wrote the book Patient Empowerment 101, More Than a Book is an Adventure, the website, the patient world. And so that was so much a part of who I am, that dream, that dream. I, I will never forget some of the patients that I saw early on, some of the family members who were just devastated when the family members died. One woman, she fell on the floor in the ICU waiting room, just screaming when I had to tell her loved one that passed. Those things don't leave you. And I know it doesn't have to be that way. So my dream was to make a difference and I couldn't let it go. And so that's why that song means so much to me. That's absolutely beautiful. Thank you very much. I appreciate all three of you for finding such interesting quotes. It makes you dive in, doesn't it? And say, what do I really, what do I want that would represent my creativity or my technology or the topic? So, and our topic is always creativity here. Let's go on to the creativity statements. I've asked each of you ladies to please send me four statements talking about your creativity. Cheryl, not to worry, you don't have to look and find them. I have them here and I'm going to read one. You've already talked about making changes and painting and rearranging so we're not gonna do that one you've already talked about uh do you want to talk about your mother with the manuscripts or did you you cover that in full which one would you like or just go ahead cheryl what do you think i'll read it we're not hearing you again you're completely muted my mother is fine i don't remember the other okay let's do let's do your mother one then you say my mother thought i showed a talent for writing when i was little she'd bring home young adult manuscripts that she'd read to me at bedtime stories telling me she was editing them to make the writing clearer and more effective she warned me about passive verbs talk to us about that you were getting an editor's lesson as a child cheryl this is magical go ahead talk to us stay in, real stay real close to your mic now real close all right all right yeah well i as you're saying i was a young child and and, uh, you know, how you read, most mothers read fairy tales to their young children. Uh, my mother didn't believe in fairy tales, not that, I, you know, you one can believe in them, but she didn't think that they were appropriate <laughs> for children because they'd get false ideas of <laughs> what, what life is, you know. I don't know. <laughs> so so um, I was supposed to be grounded in reality, I guess, at a very early age. So. She would bring home these stories. They were fiction stories. And they were, as you say, young adults. So they were older than I was. But she would read the manuscript with her blue pencil, her editing pencil. So she's doing her work, you know, taking advantage of me. <laughs> You're calling it a bedtime story. So she'd read along and she'd say, I don't, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound like natural conversation. How would you and your friends talk about that? You know. And I'd have to try to make up the conversation, so she, because she thought I had a better ear, you know, for how children talk. I suppose I did, but anyway, so she would do that, and then she would lecture me, you know, about like you were mentioning, 
don't ever use a passive tense. <laughs> don't ever. I wasn't quite sure what she was talking about, of course. I, you know, I'd say, I'm six years old. I don't know. And so she, she would, um, but that's how, that's how I, I was sort of um, introduced to writing. And she would talk about the story arc and how it was satisfying or not, or what should be changed and why. And so I, I learned in spite of myself something about writing uh, that eventually, you know, like 50 years later, I, <laughs> I, uh, I put to some use. It's so. never too late, Cheryl. Right, ladies? It's never too late. This was simmering, Cheryl, all those years, these ideas. You obviously didn't forget them if you told me about them and you wrote, the, wrote down what your mother did. Another guest from your, your AGT, your Authors Guild, uh, was on my, my off-air version of Read My Lips, my local one, and she said something about her father. I'm trying to remember who it was. Her father was a, a, an avid storyteller and implanted all kinds of ideas in her, in her youth for something that she picked up later on. So thank you very much. I like that family thread. Let's go to Christine McDonald. I'm looking at your statement number one. I will read it for you. You say, to be creative to me means that you soar with freedom. There are no wrong answers, no rules. Everything is art, whether it's good or bad, is irrelevant. Amen. Go ahead, talk to us. <laughs> freedom. Go ahead, Christine. I can't believe I said that. I'm kind of impressed with myself. <laughs> well, go ahead. Be, be give yourself a pat on the back. Go ahead. Well, you know, I it, I stand by that statement because um, for a very brief stint in my career, after walking away from the nightlife, uh, I moved to my location, which was from Honolulu to uh, the mainland in California. And again, like I said, I was uh, parlaying my sales experience. So I ended up as an advertising executive, no college degree. I mean, I don't think you could do that now because <laughs> Google is a thing, right? So I embellished as I went, I sold my personality and I'll never forget we're in the writer's room. We're in, we're in a room just collaborating ideas. And I'll never forget my manager said there are no wrong answers some something that somebody can spit out will be the genesis of an, a fantastic idea so if you give yourself permission to fail you will find your success and i, I have like. lived by that and of course you know in the writers i think that there's a famous writing quote that says your first draft is your worst draft just get it out get it out on paper and then maybe read a book and let whatever you wrote sit and simmer for a little bit, get creative juices flowing in other ways, whether it be music, whether it be another book or a great documentary or movie, revisit what you wrote and you'll be amazed. Just by getting out of your own way and allowing yourself permission to fail, you will 100% find success. Now, I don't know if it's going to be blockbuster financial success, but success in your task of wanting to emote what you're feeling, what's going on in here. And if you're a writer, if you're an artist, if you're a dancer, a sculptor, in any creative capacity, you cannot go wrong if it's from here and it's from here. Get out of your own way. I like that. I like that. Ladies, you uh, agree with that? That was, that was really I interesting. Do. Thank you, Christine. Let's oh, move. 
On to Anne Maria. You're very welcome back. Anne Maria, I'm looking at your statement number two. I'll read it for you. You say creativity is recreating a, recreating a successful model to solve different problems. For instance, you have taken several Udemy courses. I, t I take them too from time to time, which taught me how to create animated videos, how to edit images, and even start a part time marketing agency. There's everything on Udemy, and their courses are usually on sale every 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. The model inspired me to launch Patient World a sort of medical Udemy, Udemy as in academy, where people can enroll and take engaging and informative health and wellness courses taught by experts. So talk about this experience of taking the fact that you took the classes is what intrigues me, and maria that your creativity said, I need to learn that. I'm going to go somewhere where I can be exposed to it and learn a skill I don't have, but I want to. Go ahead. Take three minutes, please. I get bored kind of easily. So I was in undergraduate school. My options were science or marketing. I like them both. I obviously ended up going into science, but I always enjoyed the marketing. And so I thought, you know, let me just have a side gig, do something else. And I didn't have the skills. So I went to Udemy and I learned everything from Photoshopping. I learned how to create animated um, videos. I, I've even taken it a step further and I... I could almost create um, a 3D model person who looks like you and have her do all sorts of things. And so I really, yeah, I really enjoy, you know, just adding more and more to my repertoire, so to speak. And I use those skills to, you know, the, the, like some of the, um, the overlays that I have in my course site. And I've done all sorts of things, created, variety of things, but you can always just keep adding things. If you have an idea of what you want, look to the left and to the right and see how you can make it even better. And you keep learning and honing your skills and adding all these other things. And, you know, before you know it, you'll have this powerhouse. You have a completely separate piece of work that you hadn't thought about before, but the more you learn, it's like the light bulb goes off. I can use that to do this. I can use that to do this. And then it just sprouts and you have a completely different animal. I love that. I'm, I've been writing my novella, Murder Mystery, Cheryl, I'm talking to you, for two years now. I'm having so much fun writing it, I forgot to fix it, I forgot to finish it, but I, I dabble in it, but I realize there's a murder somewhere in there, but leading up to it, I have so much, so many, it, it's a satire. It's a scathing satire. I have a, a nom de plume. If anybody where I came from last move knew it was me, they would all come after me. So I have a new, no, I'm not even going to announce it right now. But my point is that it dawned on me, it's being billed as a life and murder in and whatever the place is. So I just decided to put in a section in the book that says, in case you all you want is the murder mystery, go to page 125. <laughs> because I'm just having too much fun painting the community. And there's a lot of artificial intelligence in it too. It's a 55 plus community need I say more ladies thank you for your creativity let's do a quick birthday some birthdays oh, we got some time here Frankie Avalon everybody remember beach blanket what is it beach blanket bingo he was in there you go he was in beauty school dropout he sang that in Greece uh, his full name was Francis Thomas Avalone A-V-A-L-L-O-N-E American actor singer former teen idol he had 31 charting US billboard singles I didn't know he had that many songs from 1958 to 1962 including 
Venus, oh, Venus, if I sing, I'll ruin the show. Five weeks at number one, and why in 1959? He appeared in the 1960s Beach Party films and a supporting role in the film Grease in 78, in which he sang Beauty School Dropout. In 1952, December, he made his American Network TV debut, you won't believe this, playing the trumpet in Jackie Gleason's Honeymooners Christmas Party. Frankie Avalon was a trumpet player, and two singles that RCA Victor's sublabel put out had him playing the trumpet, and it was featured on some of his songs. Interestingly enough, very, very... He played in a band with Bobby Rydell called Rocco and the Saints. I didn't know that. Jason Sude... Anyway, Bob, uh, Frankie Avalon's 83. Oh, my goodness. Ah, be still my aging heart. Jason Sudeikis, 48. All I have to do is say Saturday Night Live and Ted Lasso, and that sends it all. Brilliant, brilliant comedian. Somebody named Patrick Schwarzenegger is 30 today. Yes, he's Arnold and Maria's son. He's 30, and he's a model and an actor. He modeled for Ralph Lauren and Armani, excuse me, and he founded a philanthropic company philanthropic company with his father when he was 15. His other claim to fame is he dated Miley Cyrus. What can I tell you? And he stars in an Ariana Grande music video from 2013. Jada Pinkett Smith, the lady <laughs> at the center of quite a controversy at an award show. Uh, actress from A Different World and she is 52 today. I didn't know she'd starred in The Nutty Professor in The Matrix and she did a lot of voiceovers. She did Fish Mooney in the Fox drama Gotham. I didn't know that. Now I I have two social media stars, ladies. I guarantee Cheryl, Christine, and Anne-Marie, you've never heard of them. But listen, on YouTube and Twitch, we have a young man who's 27 today. Happy birthday. His name is Fitz, F-I-T-Z. You only need one name with four letters. That's all you need. He has had 701 million viewers. Cheryl, are you sitting down? Christine, don't hurt yourself. Get off that pole. And Maria, I think he needs some, some health uh, help here. He has gaming montages, lists, and let's plays, including Counter-Strike Global Offensive and H1Z1. I have no idea. His video, When Girls Play CSGO 2, had 3.5 million views. His Twitch account has 950,000 followers, and he also has pictures of him playing guitar on Instagram. Now, I have one more for you. TikTok and Insta, we have... A young woman named Drew, like Drew Barrymore, Drew Afualo, A-F-U-A-L-O. She's 28. She only has, a, oh God, poor girl, 7 million followers. I'm sorry, but she's got 199 million likes. She does comedy video videos. She's represented by the viral National Talent Agency. She has modeling photos on Insta, and she has 950,000 followers, and she posts comedic videos that have only 8 million views. Oh, my goodness. Let me read you. I have a couple more minutes. So happy birthday to them. Uh, in 2008, on this date, the Village People got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. How about that, Village People? Why? I'm not going to do the letters. Uh, on this date in 2002, Paul Mc I'm going backwards in time here. Paul McCartney and Brian Wilson performed at Adopt a Minefield Benefit Gala in L.A., and they shared the stage for God Only Knows, a song McCartney called the greatest song ever written. In, uh, let's see, the U.S. Postal Service this day in 1994 issued the Billie Holiday stamp to honor the singer. And I was friends later in his life with Bill Gottlieb, who took the photo that was on the stamp. He was a jazz photographer who worked, yes, three minutes, thank you, Jordan. He worked for a newspaper early on and they didn't have a photographer, he's a reporter. So he, somebody gave him a black and white camera and he started taking pictures and his beat was the jazz beat. 
his photos were blown up into posters in at the village gate and he took me there after i did a full front page article on him for the great neck record in 1998 1999 he took me as his guest to dinner he took me to his photo processing people and showed me how they turned his photos into full-size posters and he took me to dinner at the village gate as a gift his wife was a talented woman as well he's gone but that's that's it so uh let's see if one more here um in 1968 at abbey road studios on this day paul mccartney wrote the beatles song birthday right then and there and the beer band recorded it that same day and in 1961, well, Frankie Avalon in 60 was 21. Bobby V, take good care of my baby. Written by Carol King and Jerry Goffin. Who else? It hit number one for three weeks. And the last one I'll tell you is in 1955 on this day, there was a show called Toast of the Town on CBS TV. And guess what? It was renamed to the Ed Sullivan Show. How about mm-hmm. that? Today is Hug Hug a Greeting Card Writer Day, International Equal Pay Day, Yes, Locate an Old Friend Day, National Cartonage Days, that means make a box out of cardboard and fabric, Cheeseburger Day, Read a Book and E-Book Day, that's for all of you, Respect for the Aged Day, we won't go there, Rice Krispie Treats Day, Adoptable, Less Adoptable Pet and World Reflexology Day. Ladies, we've got about a minute and a half here, so what I want to do is just quickly, website, where do you want people to go? Cheryl, yell it out. Your website? Part of my group's web- website, authorsguildoftn.org. Thank you. Christine, where can people go? Pole to soul. Easy to remember. I went from working the pole to bearing my soul. You will find all things hilarious 80s. You will find ways to order my book and support mental health and addiction. So thank, thank you. you thank me. you. Anne Maria, we got to go. Anne Maria? Empowerment101.com. Thank you very much. Ladies, I'm going to close with these lines. Life is short. Break the rules. Aren't we all? Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. It's the only way. Laugh uncontrollably. Join with me. (laughs) There you go. And never regret anything that made you smile. Final words. Work like you don't need the money because nobody else really cares. Dance like nobody's watching. When I was teaching disco on a table in a high school cafeteria, not on a pole, everybody watched. I didn't fall. Sing like nobody's listening. I didn't sing too much. And love like you've never been hurt. We've all been hurt. Get over it. Let your heart regrow, reopen, up, change, and find love again. Money talks. Chalk let sings la and last but not least i stole this line from somebody thank you for turning me on everybody wave goodbye stay around ladies love you thank you thanks again for tuning in to read my lips radio presented by the voice america variety channel tweet your questions and comments to at radio red 777 Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.